for the person I'm interviewing today, but in a cover my ass policy, which Dave, the producer, and I both discussed was probably important, the person I will be speaking with today is 18 years old. I may have met them when they were younger, but we did not have any conversations of a sexual or inappropriate nature while I was working as their staff person. It's why I am so excited to have them on my podcast today so we can finally have an honest conversation. Once again, the guest we have on today is over 18 years of age, and when I was in a position of authority over them, I did not put them in any uncomfortable positions, and we did not have discussions of a sexual nature. That is all. Thank you. Hello there, fuck demons, and welcome back to Sex News with Ray. I'm your host, Ray, and as usual, for these episodes, we've been hanging out with Jewish people. We are here today with another Jewish person, with another perspective that is both Jewish and not Jewish at the same time. And this person is named Noah Russell. Noah, would you like to tell us about yourself? Hi there. Uh, I currently am attending university. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited to talk today. What are you learning in school? What's your favorite subject? Uh, currently, I am studying engineering, pursuing a discipline in mathematics and engineering with applied mechanics. And my favorite subject is probably going to be advanced calculus. You sound tired. Is the is school the reason for it? Yeah, it's a lot of working, a lot of late nights, a lot of reports due right now. But uh, very excited to be here and talk today. Thanks for joining us. Today in Sex News, the article is called Hookup Culture, What Kids Miss Out On With Casual Sex. It's from the Globe and Mail, March 28th, 2018. And it details the culture and rules around hooking up on university campuses, which is why I guess it's great that I've got you here since you like to hook up on university campuses. That is true. Okay, so the article starts by talking about some key tips like don't overstay your welcome, give the girl some goddamn sweatpants so she can walk home the next day. Apparently, 80% of undergrads have hooked up, which the article presents as a very scary statistic. There's lots of gray areas in the etiquette of exclusivity. And the quote around hooking up that I pulled so far is, this practice creates a drastic divide between physical intimacy and emotional intimacy, writes Freitas. More troubling is her suggestion that if we live in a culture that teaches young people to care less about their own feelings and everyone else's, that bodies are to be used and disposed of afterward, we can be sure that those lessons are going to spill over into everything else they do and everything they are. So this woman, Freitas, did research that no one apparently is actually enjoying the casual sex they're having. And then they go on to list what are the three qualities that constitute a hookup. The, the three qualities are its sexual content, its brevity, and its apparent lack of emotional involvement. So one, a hookup includes some form of sexual intimacy, anything from kissing to oral, vaginal or anal sex, and everything in between. Number two, a hookup can last as short as a few minutes or as long as several hours over a single night. I feel bad for the guy who's only lasting a few minutes. And number three, a hookup is intended to be purely physical in nature and involves both parties shutting down communication or connection that might lead to emotional attachment. And there has been no research on how this culture will affect people after they graduate. Those are the parts that I pulled. Did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. I uh, actually have a really funny uh, story that kind of relates to that uh, give a girl a pair of sweatpants. You feel free to share. Oh, for sure. On Halloween this past year, as you could probably guess, Halloween at a university town, a lot's going on. A lot of people are not wearing a lot of clothing. Um, and I had a girl stay over that night. And in the morning, it was really cold that next day and she wanted to walk back. So she like was rummaging through my stuff, grabbed a pair of sweatpants because she was like freezing and had to get back to her, uh, her house. And did you get the sweatpants back? So that's where it gets really awkward. In the morning, you're not really sure if you want to... Uh, see them again at that point 
and it gets really complicated, especially when they're taking a piece of clothing and, you know, you might want that back. So then it's a whole game of, oh, when am I seeing you again? Are you staying night? Stuff like that. You should order just a bunch of Amazon basic sweatpants to keep since clearly you hook up so much. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, that would be a really good idea. It'd probably solve that problem, especially as it's getting colder. I just have to ask before we continue on with the discussion, would you consider yourself a fuckboy? To an extent. Okay. How would you define yourself? Yes, a fuckboy or no, not a fuckboy? Yes, I have hooked up with a lot of people recently. And I do have a lot of people where it's at a moment's notice if I texted them, I could probably have them over, go over there. But it's also, I don't neglect them entirely emotionally, where like I'll still, like, if they have a problem or if they need something or if they want to, like, let out their feelings about that i will actually listen and listen like intently like it won't be where it's just like i'm doing it to kind of placate them right so you are actually creating friendships and emotional relationships just not romantic relationships with these people. yeah if anything i'm friends with benefits with multiple people okay the way this article describes hookup culture as a bad thing in your experience is it a bad thing um certain parts of it yes especially when you don't actually build out those uh boundaries um, or definitely like rules, like talking about like what you want in that relationship because it still is a relationship if you don't want to admit it and you have to still be, say like, oh, this is where I want this to go. This is where I think we're going and this is like where I think we should be. You both need to have that conversation. And frankly, if you're not on the same page, you should stop because one of you is going to get hurt. That does not sound like fuckboy discussion to me. Boundary setting sounds like everything we tell people to do when we're giving them consent training, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, that that's what I do. Um, it's worked out pretty well. There have been some, like, this is something obviously I had to learn, like, the first few times with the first few people uh, did not do this very effectively. And that led to some drama and some issues between uh, parties, but smoothed everything out. Um and definitely since then, it's been a lot better, uh, especially with building those boundaries in. But I have a few friends who have not done that. And they're now like still talking with people that were their exes that they dated for like a month in university. And it's very toxic. So I do see where this article comes from. Right. Do you think that this hookup culture is in fact encouraging like, you know, altercations devoid of intimacy or emotional connection? I think a lot of it is that people find that it's easier. I think a lot of the idea of the hookup culture is that people probably were in relationships either before they were in university or in first year. And those relationships probably did not end well. And they're probably hurt emotionally to the point that they don't want to have any more commitment. So they're afraid of that part. And the whole idea now is that then they can still get that physical touch and that physical uh, sense of it, but they don't have to commit. And that's, I think, the biggest part for a lot of university students is they don't want to have that commitment part. They want to still be able to say like, oh, well, we weren't in a relationship. I can still hook up with someone else. Um, because commitment, especially at this age, feels very long term. And like, it's going to, it could be the rest of your life. And especially when we're still figuring everything out, that's uh, a little scary. What's the biggest or what are some of the biggest differences you think from dating in high school or hooking up in high school to dating or hooking up in university? I think one of the biggest ones is uh, you're on your own. 
most of the most often, um, and especially this happens in university towns where people are in residence and not at uh, schools like in Toronto where people are living at home. But uh, people have to like people are on their own. You don't have anyone there, so it feels more real. It's kind of like your own place. I think that's one of the biggest ones as well. You're already in a time of your life when you're getting more individuality. Uh, you're becoming more of your own person in those relationships and those um, memories and connections that you're building um, feel much more adult and much more real than in high school where it's uh, my best example is with when you're meeting people in university, you're spending usually about eight to 12 hours with them on average in a day, especially if you live near each other or together and you're trying to build that connection and those relationships feel like they're growing much faster than when you're at high school and you're spending maybe two or three hours with someone and you're calling them your best friend because it's over a four hour period of time and then four years so i think that uh it definitely feels more real due to the age due to the intensity of it and the in the individuality uh, for our listeners who do not know, you were also involved in the organization that I used to work for. You were a regional president. Uh, so you and I worked, I would say, uh, to be honest, we really didn't work together as much as I think we both thought we were going to end up working out. I feel like I mostly just got called when you needed someone to talk to. We both had a lot on our plate at very different parts of the organization. And yeah. As well, <laughs> I did a lot of stuff internationally as well with my co-president her and I both were very internationally involved as well in just different facets so we were you and I were both all over the place at different times just figuring it out yeah that was a fun that was a fun year we have talked so far on the podcast and also will continue to talk a little bit about what hookup culture was like at the Jewish youth group slash the Jewish youth group experience and I know that now you are currently involved in what we are calling the pipeline fraternity that is associated um, yes. Joey also came on the podcast or will be on after you. Um, so that's a oh, fun lovely. time. Yeah. Cool guy. Right. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So I guess, uh, my question for you is there was hooking up at, you know, there's like the high school friendships and there's the youth group friendships. When you participated in hookup culture in high school, was it with people from high school or was it with people you met at the youth group? I didn't really for throughout about grades nine and uh, half of grade 10, I was really part of hookup culture. Uh, it was a lot through people I met at my camp, through people I knew from other high schools. Was it a Jewish camp? It was not like an actively Jewish summer camp, but it was a Lots summer of Jews camp at that the summer camp. many Jews attended, yes. Yep. <laughs> so most of my hookups didn't happen with people in my own high school. And then I was in a relationship for the better part of two and a half years. So throughout the end of high school, I was not really part of that hookup culture till like right at the last month. And then, I mean, we had a pandemic hit, so I wasn't going to be swapping saliva during the peak of COVID when living at home and seeing my grandparents. Okay. So you were in high school, you were going to these weekly programs, you were, you know, a a big wig in the region. Now you're in a fraternity and you're involved, I think, in some fraternity organizing. Has that changed how you interact with people of the opposite gender that you are trying to hook up with? For me, um, one, I don't use dating apps. I feel like I'll end up hooking up with someone and because I still do like try to build those connections and talk with them, it's more as like hooking up with them is great and all, but like 
I still feel like probably deep down, I'm just like trying to find someone and like, it is good to be able to talk with them, figure out like what kind of person they are. And like, even if like we don't click like very well, like one, I'll obviously probably still hook up with them. If like, if we have that connection, like we're very comfortable with each other. Yeah. Sexual connection hookup, but not necessarily a romantic relationship to follow. Yeah. I mean, like, and I, I hate saying it like this. Um, it could be great sex, but like you could be way too high energy for me just as a person. And just like, I, I, I can't handle that in a relationship standpoint, but like from a like sexual relationship standpoint, that that's great. Stuff like stuff like that. Um, it's definitely right now trying to find, trying to find a balance. That doesn't sound bad at all. I don't know who you're talking to, but that sounds actually somewhat healthy. The idea that you can have a, a sexual relationship and be aware that this doesn't need to lead to a relationship and like it. You can like the relationship for what it is and that doesn't need yeah. to be romantic. I think, yeah, I think that's a really big thing that a lot of people my age struggle with uh, wrapping their head around. And I think it's what leads to such toxic hookup culture. I think also the idea of one night stands is what leads to very toxic hookup culture, especially if you just met them that night. I have some friends that have like woken up in like random houses or buildings and they'll have no idea like like they'll wake up and meet the person in the morning again for a second time which i think that's like very toxic in my mind uh i i like pray for myself that i don't end up in that situation and especially for the other person that they don't end up like whoever i end up with that they don't feel like they were in that situation um so I usually, like, if I'm in a hookup with someone, it probably will be, like, I'll talk with them before that night even happens. Just to, like, make sure they actually know who I am. And, like, some like, levels of consent are involved throughout the entire experience. Just because, like, I would be so worried if it, if someone, like, like if someone felt uncomfortable. Like, I, I don't think that that would be very good. Where are you learning how to have these conversations around consent? Or where did you learn to have these conversations? Uh, I mean, some things were obviously through, like, different uh, consent trainings that um, I know my school has held, that uh, the fraternity that I'm now in when you're joining has held. Through conversations with you, I mean, you and I have had definitely a few conversations about this when I was in that organization, uh, which definitely has helped to make sure that I, like making sure that no one is in an uncomfortable situation. And then the good thing about that is like, I then try to have these conversations with some of my like closer buddies being like, make sure like you're doing these certain things. Cause it's like important. The good thing is that they have been responding to that. And I know that for them, it's getting better. I know that for some people, when they first learn about consent, specifically younger guys, and I know younger girls who to a certain extent as well, but I've seen it and heard it more from younger guys. When you talk about consent and asking for permission to touch someone, they frequently pass it off like a joke, like, oh, do I have permission to put my arm around you in this movie theater? Or do I have permission to touch your leg? And they sort of treat it like a joke where they have to ask permission for everything. Tell me your experiences with that kind of an interaction. So I think for a lot of people, um, that whole the whole physical part is less awkward for them than that verbal part. I think it's a whole confidence thing. Um, they feel a lot more confident doing uh, physical action than actually saying something out loud because by saying it, it one makes it feel a little bit more real and two, they feel like if they're doing a physical action and then the person has a physical reaction that is like not complimentary, they will then react back to that instead of just asking for the permission and seeing what the answer is. 
people will find more often than not that by actually having that like verbal conversation um and if the answer is like no um it will be a better outcome than if they go for the physical and the answer is no um because they like properly ask for consent and in doing this whole um in doing it like physically um it's what leads to putting someone in an uncomfortable situation because as guys might not be very confident in asking a lot of girls as well will freeze up and aren't confident in saying no i think it's super important then for guys to become more confident in asking those questions even if it is a little awkward at first because it leads to a more healthy um hookup culture what is one thing that you wish more young women were doing right now in terms of these relationships, sexual relationships that you're building? This is probably not something for me, but definitely I think for other people is I think a lot of guys, they never want to admit this, but I think they want for women to take more of a role as well in consent. I think that like a lot of guys with, with them being just as nervous as women, I think if they both, if it was like more of a 50-50 of like both parties uh, going for consent, where like if the if a woman asks first or if the man asks first and it goes back and forth, I think that would make it a little bit more easier and feel less like it, like I feel like for men, it feels like it's kind of like a burden that like they have to do it. And if not, it's like like looked down upon where if women did it as well, I think it would make for a healthier culture. So you would like to see women asking men for consent, women maybe volunteering things that they like so that yeah. the guy doesn't have to guess. I think taking the guessing work out would help a lot. Um, also, just like for women talking more about like the consent that they want to see and like just in general just in conversations because i think the more it's talked about like if it, there's not as much of a stigma around it being weird to talk about these things i think we'd see a lot of progress and i think because it seems weird to talk about is what makes it so hard i think women talk about these things in all female spaces but they're not necessarily happening in mixed gendered spaces and i think that has to do with how consent training is usually run or the idea that you can't a lot of times women can't talk about it in a mixed space because they get talked over or mm-hmm. made fun of. I don't know. I think that's interesting. And I wonder why that is. But it sounds like it's just another manifestation of men are pursuers, women are pursued. Men ask for consent, women grant consent. Men are the ones who have to hunt for sex and women are the gatekeepers who allow it or disallow it. When that's not actually what it is. But it sounds like people are still in the process of breaking free of those gender expectations just in a new format. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think specifically, it's definitely in the education. It's definitely in the conversations not happening mixed gender. Um, I mean, I'd look, I would obviously look forward to that possibly opening up more. I think in the future with uh, the fraternity that I am part of and the sorority that we often partner with, it would be beneficial to have conversations like this open up. I think it would lead to a positive culture and community. Okay, here's another question. I actually don't usually have straight men on as as co-hosts because I only am friends with women and the majority of people who want to talk about sex with me are women or come on my podcast. So what do men want, Noah? What do, what do men want? Speak for your entire gender in this moment and don't fuck it up. Oh God. I'm just kidding. Speak for my entire gender. No, I mean, that's how women all frequently feel or that's how Jews also feel in in non-Jewish settings. So, you know, yeah. What, tell me, what do, what do men your age from what you've noticed? What do you guys want? Are you asking in the sense of 
during sex or like in the sense of like relationships? Let's go with both. Which one should we start with? Why don't we start with relationships and then we'll go for sex? For relationships, I think it really depends on the experience that that person has had. I think for a lot of men, it's if they were in a relationship. I know one of my close friends uh, was just getting out of one uh, because he felt that he wasn't really prioritizing himself as he was like trying to figure out who he is. In that sense, I think all he was really then looking for was just something physical or really just a friend. And I think it turned into something more and has now led to a very toxic breakup and end. And now everyone had to deal with that. But I mean, as well, in general, I think at this age, people are kind of just looking for kind of friends with benefits is working really well for a lot of people. Um, I think people are very scared still of that commitment. Uh, as I was saying before, as we're figuring out everything in our lives, um, that commitment kind of just adds on something else. And it needs to be like a really strong connection that you feel to kind of make that leap i think right now for a lot of people and everyone's kind of just looking for that physical touch and that, uh, just that part on the side of sex i think my my issue with speaking for my entire gender right now is i definitely have kinks that most people in my gender do not that most people that i know at my age uh have not developed or do not talk about a lot of the people I know are very more just into uh, like vanilla sex. You do not need to share anything you don't want anyone hearing back, by the way. Oh, I. Um, yeah, no, a lot more of the people I know, especially at this age, because for some of them, it is their first experience with sex. Um, it's a lot more vanilla and stuff like that, where I have had more experience over my time in high school with the same partner and... Now that I've had a few more partners since, I've definitely developed a few more kinks that I don't think a lot of people my age have. Oh, well, I mean, how would you know if you guys don't talk about them? Oh, no, 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 no. Between, like, my friends and I, we definitely do talk about them. And they, like, for a lot of them, they think it's, like, weird or that I'm, like, very hypersexual for these certain things. So men want um, a woman who consents, maybe? Should I give you some options? I think for a lot of people, um, they want to feel like they're like they are the one like in charge and running the bedroom. Um, okay, so men like to feel like tops. I think they want to feel like tops. I feel like at this age, a lot of them aren't confident enough to be tops, and they end up uh, having the women control it because they are worried to do certain things. Okay, so men, would you say men want submissive women, or just men want to feel like they are confident? In these moments. I think men at this age need to develop confidence in the bedroom um, to like achieve what they want in that area. But I don't think that they have enough experience yet to be doing those certain things. Okay. The, the certain people I also know, um, some of them will like, when they're like, when they're done, it's all done. Like they don't, Oh God. Like let their partner finish as well. And like, then you got to wait till your partner finishes if you can't do anything after. So that's the thing. I always, I like always hear one of my buddies say that I'm like, you really shouldn't do that. Cause like, that'll probably lead to like such frustration for that other person. And like such a buildup with no release. Also like girls talk. Yeah. Do you really want to be known as the guy who doesn't care about anyone but himself? Exactly. But that's the whole other thing. Okay. So men want to feel confident, but don't know how. Yes. Men want consenting partners. Men want to enjoy themselves. And theoretically, men want their partners to enjoy themselves. Although sometimes 
their partners don't, and they're fine with that too. That's what yes, I'm hearing. I, at this age, that's <laughs> what I've what I've gathered from my gender. Man, I'm so glad to not be in first year anymore. <laughs> Every year I get older, I'm like, thank God. There are the far and few in between that like know how to like properly and like safely have sex where where it's like still fun and both partners are like finishing and like we'll have those conversations about like if their partner has any other kinks um and being able to then like deal with those in a safe environment like personally i know like i've had a safe word with people so yeah there, like there, there are some people at this age that understand it there are some that are still figuring out and then uh a bulk that are just in between okay i have some follow-up questions i actually have so many follow-up questions which is um the first if we're not teaching kink and fetish safety in sex ed, where are you learning it? I mostly just had to go on my own figuring that stuff out. On your own on the internet or on your own just sort of like trying not to murder people? On my own on the internet. I didn't try anything ever without like doing like reading about it or doing like research. I think a lot of it comes from like someone will see something in like porn and then be like, oh, like that, like that turned me on a lot more than I thought. Um, I'd try that out and then you research it, find a partner that would also be interested in trying that out, have that conversation and then try it out. If it works well, then you'll probably end up doing it again with that partner. Yeah. We actually at Oasis had a conversation at one of our most recent porn watch parties that a lot of adult couples will even watch porn to get ideas of new things to try and see what they like. You know, people know that it's porn. They'll go off and do their own research after and be like, Oh, do we want to do pegging today? Let's go buy a kit. So, yeah. Just genuine question. Guys, you're because we could never talk like this before in I know. you know in the ordinate. Like this is never conversations we were allowed to have. So it's so exciting you to are, that I finally you get seem to ask. Very excited about I'm like, this. I have so many questions. How do guys your age think women orgasm? What, what like like what do you mean by that? How do you get a girl off? What the majority of people your age, like if you were gonna get a girl off, not you personally, but the guy the guys your age on average, if they are gonna get a girl off, what do they think they need to do? To be honest, the guys my age really don't know. Um, okay. And their idea, they like most of them don't know any proper like fingering techniques. It's probably just they're putting a finger in and out as if it was their like dick. <sighs> oh no. Okay. Do they know about the clitoris? Have they have they heard of it? Some yeah, like some of them have, and they understand like rubbing that area, and like like we'll have a conversation, like they'll be like, yeah, like. Like sometimes, like when a girl is like clearly into it, like I'll just start going faster to try to get her there quicker, and then I have oh, to, like, and then I have to explain to them like, no, like stay at that pace and like in that motion because like that'll actually do it. Otherwise, she's gonna lose it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's like a guy. Guys don't think about women in terms of like you could lose an erection. You know, like yeah, same thing. Definitely that. I think also like in like. I don't think guys think about like positions in a sense of like where they're actually hitting. Like I don't think they at all start thinking about like the best way to hit the G spot or like certain areas like that. I also think they also totally neglect every other erogenous zone and are only thinking about like the main three and like aren't at all t going anywhere else. And I think that's where a lot is lost. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Van You've sufficiently answered my question. I'm like, do I even have any more? I'm just so, yeah, I'm still disappointed in your generation, but also not at the same time, if you know what I mean. You're disappointed in my generation, but I think not disappointed in me. <laughs> no, yeah, I think so. No, you know what? Honestly, I think it's that um, 
the more I talk to people who are younger than I am, the more I realize that things are slowly getting better, but they also stay the same, right? Like the fact that you're even having conversations around consent, I didn't learn that until I started hanging out at Oasis in my 20s, right? Like consent was a thing that we were very sort of aware of. We weren't learning about it in school, um, but gender dynamics really aren't changing, you know, like the same the same misconceptions and gender dynamics are still there. They're still being unlearned at the same life cycles and lifespans. Uh, OK, I feel like we've probably talked about a lot of different aspects of hookup culture, hooking up. You've given a much more well-rounded um, perspective than how these articles would lead us to believe. I feel like they frequently research it and just look at the people who are miserable and not enjoying hookup culture, but they never look at the people who are like coming at it with a healthy attitude and maybe a, a place of education. So it's been nice to have a non-moral panicky perspective around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a great way. There's a good way to go at it. And there's a bad way to go at hookup culture. I think a lot of people take the bad way because it's the easier one. It's faster. It's quicker. You go, you meet someone at a party, you hook up. It ends up being a shitty experience probably for both sides and you leave. Um, I think if people started to learn that like, it's still going to take a bit more time, it'll be less than like an actual relationship because that's probably not what you're looking for if you're looking to be part of hookup culture. But you still do need to put in certain levels of effort for to not just entirely be toxic. And I think by the sounds of it, people aren't looking to be toxic. People aren't no. intentionally trying to harm others. No one is intentionally trying to be toxic, but it always ends up if you don't do it correctly. I mean, therapy is really helpful for people to unlearn their toxic behaviors, but this isn't the therapy podcast. That's Esther Perel. So <laughs> um, do you have any words of advice for people your age? Words of advice for people my age, um, the first one would definitely be talk about confidence in the bedroom can, and consent with each other. Having those conversations is going to open this up more and make it much easier. And you'll feel more confident in the bedroom being like having those conversations. The second one, I did literally just previously said this, you got to put in more effort. You, I get that you probably don't want a relationship at this age and that whole commitment is scary, but it can't just be a nonchalant hookup culture because it's just going to lead to a very toxic environment. So still put in a little bit more of that effort. Like show that you care about the person, talk about boundaries with them. And if you don't care about the person, don't sleep with them. Definitely not. And then the third one is like experiment, do that safely, and, but have fun. I mean, you're young, like definitely enjoy that time as a young adult. You only have like four to six years, so make the most of it. All right, here's a question no one ever asks a young person. Are you ready? A younger than me person. I don't know if I'm considered young still. Any advice for people older than you? Don't be afraid to have these conversations with someone. A lot of people are. They feel like kids won't understand it. And they're like, they aren't doing those things. And like, they aren't exposed to this yet. I can tell you 100% they are. They're 100% exposed to it. The problem is that they're probably not doing it safely or correctly. Um, and they, they just don't know. In their mind, it is completely safe what they're doing. In the first one being like hookup culture, like as a very minor example of that is like, they think what they're doing is completely fine. They don't see any problem with it. Um, and that's because they don't know anything else. So like have a conversation about it. I think it would probably be beneficial to opening it up and making it a less toxic environment. I think that's a great place for us to take a short commercial break. 
Do you want to join the deviants to finding elite and actually tell people about it? Are you, like me, a fuck demon? We are launching Sex News with Ray Swag with these common phrases. We've got hats. We've got toots. That's beanies for you Americans. We've got sweatshirts. We've got crop tops. And as usual, all the art was designed by me, so it definitely has my personal flair to it. Check out the new designs at sharewithray.com slash merch slash SNWR and pick up a piece to support the podcast today. Welcome back. Are you ready for a listener question? Sure. This one's not going to be easy. Just letting you know. Not going to be easy. Okay. Okay. So do we feel like tackling consent under the influence? But I was drunk and he was drunk too. How do we handle accountability when nobody was at their best from baby grump? So I think a very important part about um, consent under the influence. I don't one. I don't find that saying, oh, we are both drunk is any form of anything that is not consent often if uh i find that if i'm getting with someone that is under the influence it's often waiting until they are in a state where they can properly give consent and if they're not in that state it's just literally just hanging out with them as if it was anything and making sure that they're okay most often than not if that person is like yakking and throwing up they probably aren't giving you consent that night. And at that, at that point, if you still want to hook up with them at another time, just be a good person and be there for them. But if you're going up to the person that is the most drunk and asking them to get together because you find that like when they're at their most drunk, you have the best chance, that is not okay. Like That is not consent. That's rape. Yeah. I feel like people avoid saying that word because it's such a scary big word. But that oh, is people 100% literally... avoid saying that word. Yeah, that's rape. If you are going up to someone when they are drunk because you think that's your best chance, that is sexual assault and rape. The worst part I've seen is at parties where some guy will be there and uh, he'll want to hook up with a girl and he'll actually like be the one giving her shots. Oh, yeah. The stuff like that that's happened is like times where like, like my friend or myself, like we have stepped in before and been like, you got to go, like you're getting out of here because it's not okay. And I think that's also definitely on the host of whatever party or event or function that's happening to like stay within a, a sound mind to be able to step in and intervene on these sort of situations because it is not okay that this is still something that happens and you don't want that to be something that happens at your house. Uh, you want it to happen anywhere, but specifically that's a whole point of liability, I'm pretty sure. So, Yeah, I also think it's hard when you can't tell how drunk someone is. If you're showing up to a party halfway through or an organ- or a bar halfway through, this person seems like they're completely lucid having a normal conversation. You take them home. And they don't remember the next day. But in your mind, they were giving you consent the whole time. I think that's yeah. where it gets complicated. And this is where you'll get adults giving advice to just not allow young people to drink at all. Or saying, like, this is why hookup culture is bad or this is why drinking culture is bad. I think that if you can't tell if someone is drunk or sober, obviously don't hook up with them. But I think it is complicated. Who is accountable when you can't tell if the person was drunk or not? I think that in terms of accountability... If you find out later that that person was too drunk and did not realize that they were consent, they were saying yes or they were too drunk to consent and you didn't realize, there is nothing wrong with having a conversation where you apologize and say, I didn't know. I genuinely thought that you were sober enough to consent and I never would have done that if I didn't realize you were. And then after you apologize, you need to never talk to them again if they don't want you to talk to them again. Yeah. That's, that's how you apologize. 
uh, because that's an experience that that person still had and their truth is the truth just while your truth is also the truth. But if that happens and you accidentally assault someone, you need to take responsibility by apologizing and never bothering them again. Yeah. If you really care about them, that's really the only thing you can do. I mean, care care about them or not, I think it's still just what you should do as a person. Like, you still did it. I think it's your duty. Yeah, I think in general as well, if you are frequently getting so drunk that you cannot remember what happened the day before, or you're getting drunk enough that you're always hungover, or you just generally have a problem, you know, that's uh, that's a different issue than... I was drunk, they were drunk. And I do think that in party atmospheres, everyone is drunk and people use alcohol as a social lubricant. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that we have a bar at our sex club and it's because people like to drink and they like to use it as a social lubricant to help them feel more relaxed. It definitely helps people be feel more confident, even if it actually doesn't like do anything. I think it's probably more psychological that like they feel like, oh, I've had a drink in me. I can use that as an excuse for being louder and showing these signs of confidence i mean i do know that for like jewish people like me we do get louder when we drink because we just forget that we have indoor voices you know that's a whole other problem but uh, i genuinely am already just loud so it becomes much more of an issue once i've started drinking yeah right all of a sudden your filter your volume filter is just gone so that's that's part of it but that's it it's harder for you to read your yourself and to read others when you've been drinking so that's something to keep in mind before you go into a space if you know that you want to do a lot of drinking and you want to feel safe make sure that you have a friend with you who doesn't maybe want to drink as much as you do so you can have each other's backs don't leave without your friend that you go with you know do all those safety pack animal things that we should be doing set yourself up for success Right. Go with the friend that you trust. Make sure that you're checking in with each other. Don't get so drunk that you can't find your friend. I do think to a certain extent, you are responsible for how much you yourself drink. It is fun to drink. If you are getting blackout drunk or you are drinking to the point where it's gone too far, learn for next time. Yeah. Another thing, this goes back to kind of what I was saying in the first half is like just because like if it's someone you're meeting that first night um, that you're like out, you're drinking you're feeling a lot more confident because you've been drinking. Like you don't, I feel like a lot of people, especially at my age, feel like I just met them tonight. Like this is probably my best chance to get with them. Like you don't need to have sex the first night. You meet someone. You can like, you can wait. Like there's a lot of time. We we don't live at home. Like we all live away. Like you have time to be able to get their phone number, get their Snapchat and talk properly have that conversation see this is even someone you want to have sex with and then like deal with it in a proper way i think is probably the best way to say that i have nothing to add that was probably as comprehensive as we're going to get i think this is a complicated question without one easy answer yeah there's no easy answer to this one it sucks it just sucks all around try not to get so drunk that you lose track of yourself and if you are drunk don't assault someone and if you accidentally end up in a situation where you're both not comfortable with it just uh, don't. I would say that if you find yourself in a situation where the person you're with wakes up and is like, who are you and where am I? That is a sign that something went wrong and you need to help them get home yeah. safely and help them remember their day the next day. Yeah. That is a scenario when you walk someone home. And you let them keep the sweatpants and buy the new ones off of Amazon Basics. Yep. Those sweatpants are now theirs. Yep. <laughs> They've earned them. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Noah, I know you don't want to be found, so I'm not going to give you time to promote yourself. 
I will not be promoting myself, no. No, don't worry. My husband was the same way. <laughs> um, if you would like to join the Deviants Defining Elite, you can do so by following the podcast at Sex News with Ray on Facebook and Instagram. Submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexnewswithray at gmail.com. You can follow me personally at Wife Bay Ray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you want to see latex stuff, follow Razor Latex on Instagram. If you want to see slutty shit, follow me at Razor Latex on OnlyFans. This podcast is engineered and produced by Dave Meisner and is hosted at Sex News with Ray.podbean.com. The theme music is by Blanket Brilliant. Special thank you to Blue Microphones and photography for our logo is by Dolly Shots Photography. 